Hello. How are you doing, ladies? Doing great. <laughs> oh, it's Wednesday. Yeah, right. Welcome to the Future Belongs to Creators podcast. I'm Miguel, along with my co-hosts, Charlie and Haley. And I'm excited about today's topic. But before we get into that, how's everything going with you guys? Oh, we're doing a little check-in, changing things up. Yeah, yeah, you know. <laughs> We do this on my the show I have called Design Life that I run with. Um, I, I shouldn't talk about another podcast on this podcast, should I? But we do a check-in at the start. And because of our New Zealand accents, listeners thought we were saying chicken like the farm animal. <laughs> <laughs> so that just reminded me of that. <laughs> but I'm doing well. Thank you for asking, Miguel. How about you, Haley? <laughs> I always like to start with a chicken. So <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I'm also doing well. I'm excited that it's Wednesday. It's a great, it's like, I really enjoy Wednesdays, actually. I think that it's one of my favorite days of the week, Wednesdays and Fridays. I was going to say, is it Wednesday because we record the show? Or? Yeah, that. Yeah. And <laughs> I feel like it's this peak, like, you know, it's like the peak of the week. And then your Thursday, I usually feel really productive. And Friday, I also feel productive in like an inspiring, it's the weekend kind of way, you know? Mm -hmm. So I just, you know, it's just like I'm turning a corner. And I just, I really like that feeling. What about you, Mix? How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Um, you know, the this is still like really good weather around here. And I'm feeling super pumped about doing projects around here. Um, for those of you who don't know, I like to make a bunch of stuff out of wood. So that's not fun to do in Florida in uh, the summer because it's impossibly warm outside. So just getting a lot of that out of my system while I really don't want to. Uh, later on in the year, because I mean, I probably still will, but it it just sucks the life out of you. It really does. Yeah. Today, it's going to be 70 degrees in Boise, which is like really warm for this time of year in the best way. And uh, my kids all have soccer practice, got them in soccer. So I'm like, you know, going to be a soccer mom on a soccer field. You know, I'm feeling really excited about being outside. In 70 degree weather, being a soccer mom. I mean, that was very exclusionary in that you said soccer and not football and used Fahrenheit instead of Celsius. So <laughs> Yeah, I'm sitting here like, I don't know, it sounds like it's warm, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> we, we lost our entire European audience right there. <laughs> just gone. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm teasing. Uh, something Celsius and football. <laughs> Haley just freezed. That's what happens in Celsius. <laughs> I'm just glad it wasn't me for once. Cause, boy. <laughs> Uh, so making creativity sustainable and avoiding burnout. That's what I want to talk about today. This is something that could pertain to all kinds of things. Maybe your, your work or your side hustle or trying to upkeep both. But, um, I really wanted to talk with you guys about this because it's something that, you know, I go in and out of a lot of the times, um, feeling this way. So I wanted to talk about specifically like, what happens if you have a deadline coming up and you're just not feeling it? You know, you you have a certain expectation from your listeners that you or your or audience that you maybe you have a newsletter or you have a podcast or something like that where you consistently put something out. So you have this schedule, this sort of conveyor belt, and it's kind of moving whether or not you want it to. But what happens if you just don't feel particularly inspired? What, what do you do in situations like that. I mean, first of all, do you experience that on a regular basis? Is it rare? Uh, we'll, we'll start there. I want to answer this first, because, but I'm only going to answer kind of the first part of the question. And I think there is, there's, or there's really like two answers to this. 
there's on the business, like the business side, you've got to put out content. So you've got to just like suck it up and put something out. But there's also this other component where I think that part of the creative economy or creative world that we live in, that we're always trying, where we're always trying to encourage creators to be honest and build vulnerable conversation, like vulnerable relationships with their audience. Sometimes I think the answer is to say that that's how you're feeling and for that to be okay. Right. Because part of being a content creator is you're constantly giving. Right. And we talk about this actually a lot in the idea of like how to sell as a creator. Right. Is that if you provide value, provide value, provide value, and then you can ask for something in return, which is like the sale of a product. Mm -hmm. And when you're constantly giving yourself or constantly creating new content, there is it is inevitable that you are going to hit that like inevitable that you are going to hit that wall. And I think that sometimes just saying, Hey man, Hey guys, I'm trying to not say, Hey guys. Hey everyone. Hey, hey everyone. Friends. Yeah. Hey, hey friends. Yeah. <laughs> I'm burnt out today and I have nothing of value to offer you. And I'm a real human who has real limits. And today I hit a limit. So I think that's just a really important thing that um, people should be able to do that don't do often enough. Yeah. It's tough for creators. I think because I don't know, maybe this is just something I see a lot in the YouTube world is that anyone who doesn't make YouTube videos thinks it's really easy to make a YouTube video and thinks it should be no problem for a creator to make one every week, especially if they're a full-time creator, right? And um, like their YouTube channel is the main way they've grown their audience and it's their main content output. I've seen audience sort of like turn on the creator a little bit when they don't upload or they miss an upload and they're like, come on, it's not even like it's hard. Like, what are you doing? (laughs) This is your job. You're not taking it seriously if you're not being consistent and sticking to a schedule. And I'm like, whew, that seems um, terrifying to have that, like being held accountable to that sort of level. And I feel like I saw that happening to others. And so I tried to purposefully counteract this with my audience in advance in a way by doing exactly what you said, Haley, by being more like public with when I'm not feeling it and um, trying to say that more often. Mostly on Twitter is where this happens for me. I'll be like, gee, this is not a good week for me and I'm not uploading a video. But honestly, that's something that I haven't had to contend with for a while, I think, because I feel like now I've established a system where I do my creating when I feel like doing the creating. And I'm like, make use of that creative energy when I feel it. So that in the weeks where I don't feel like recording a video, I have one that I recorded a couple of weeks ago, right? That I can upload. And I'm not pressured to be creating every single week, but I can still publish every single week. But the the question of like, when you have a deadline coming up and you just don't feel it, this is something that I feel a lot, especially being a designer, right? Like it's my job to be creative for a living. And that's really scary when you encounter things like creative block and you're like, I literally don't feel like I can do my job today. And that sucks. And there's nothing I can really do to get past this right now in this moment. Cause the more you try and force against creative block, the deeper you dig yourself into it. And so uh, like, honestly, the best thing to do at that point is something similar to what Emily is suggesting here to like take a nap, go for a walk or, you know, get out of your zone a little bit to get that energy back and get that peace and quiet that Emily talks about. I love that comment. I agree with that. I mean, it's funny, like the more you try to force something like we're saying here, the worse it gets, it becomes a sort of like feedback loop. Um, So, I mean, I do all the things that you guys have kind of touched on a little bit. You know, I find that whenever I have a problem, the best thing I can do 
is walk away from it. When I'm doing developer work and I'm looking at code and I've just been staring at the same lines of code for so long and I'm just sitting there thinking, I got to fix this, I got to fix this. Oftentimes I will waste ungodly amounts of time just staring at the same thing. And then I'll like, I'll go get a snack or make a sandwich and then come back and then just have an aha moment in two minutes and be like, oh, I was missing a comma right here and now it all works, you know, stuff like that. And that's just like that kind of example. But when it comes to creativity, it's not just working at something until it works. It's, it's got to come from you. And that's a different kind of pressure because you're your own thing that's standing in your way. Nothing else is. So Mm -hmm. that adds to the pressure. I'm going to flip this, this, I'm curious on what your thoughts are on this though. When you guys have a, like a aha moment, right? What do you do when that moment hits you? So you've, you've been experiencing creative burnout and now you're laying in bed and it's 2 AM and all of a sudden you're like, ah, that's it. Do you get up? Do you write things down? Do you solve the problem? What do you do in, in those moments where creative inspiration does hit after you've experienced, regardless of like what time or day is, do you just shift completely? I find that in, if it's burnout, And, you know, which is different from just being stuck in a regular, like stuck on a problem or like creative block is different to burnout. I find with burnout, it's never an aha moment that brings me out of it. It's more of like a gradual, like, oh, today I actually didn't feel sick at the thought of opening up my app to do some writing, you know? So that's a good sign. That means that maybe I'm pulling myself out of it. But yeah, I've definitely experienced that aha moment when stuck on a problem. And I have to like write it down immediately. Otherwise it's going to get away from me or I'm, if it's the situation of lying in bed at 2am and it comes to you, I'm not going to be able to sleep because I'm just going to be worrying that I'll forget it if I don't get up and write it down. (laughs) (laughs) So I keep a little notebook next to my bed for exactly those moments when, you know, that needs to happen, but I have to act in the moment, at least writing it down the idea, if not taking action and, and bringing it to life. Miguel, I'm curious for you, if that were to happen for you and you're trying to get like a certain angle cut, you know, on your, your woodworking, like you're going to get up, turn the garage lights on, you know, power up your power machines. Yeah. Wake up the whole neighborhood with loud power saws at four in the morning. I mean, what else can you do? I mean, you know, that's the only option. No, for me, uh, when I experienced this, I just, uh, when I have that sort of aha moment, I like that you made the distinction, Charlie, that you know, being stuck and having an aha moment is very different from burnout. Burnout is just, you know, maybe from, it comes from repetition and you're just like bored of it. I'm glad that you asked this because I actually, I decided to do a little bit of research uh, on this. So my wife is a very book smart person and she's like very into like learning more about herself and she's very curious. And this is one of the things I, I love about her that I wish I was more like is that um, she'll like pick up books and learn about things to like become acquainted about things. And I'm not so much a great reader, so that's not the way I go about it. But she did bring some things to my attention that she had read that I thought were pretty cool. So I kind of went down that rabbit hole a little bit. There's a psychologist named Christina Maslach who did a lot of work on burnout. And it basically boiled it down to three main things. It's exhaustion, cynicism, and inefficacy. And exhaustion is just like, the fatigue that kind of undermines your ability to work effectively and be feel positive about what you're doing. Cynicism is you distance yourself from your work psychologically and you have like this erosion of engagement in what you're doing. 
And then you have inefficacy, which is feeling incompetent or lack of achievement or productivity in what you're doing. And like all of these three things together kind of like come together to make like burnout as we know it. So I love that they kind of broke it down into those pieces because it makes it easier to understand because burnout can mean so many different things to so many different people. But I'm sure some version of what I just said kind of you can apply to when you're going through those things. And she has all kinds of insights into what you can do about that. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. But in the context of the question, yeah, I just I find giving myself perspective and walking away from things is the absolute best thing that I do to kind of like get things going again. Because if I push too hard on it, I'm just whatever comes out is going to suck if something does come out, but something might not even come out. And then I'll just get even more frustrated and sort of spiral. So I read inefficacy again. What was the. So inefficacy is feeling feelings of incompetence and lack of achievement and productivity. That actually reminds me a lot about imposter syndrome, right? Is that you're feeling like you don't do enough, you don't contribute enough, and then you get to this point where that starts to waterfall and then you just walk away from that. And I think that that's a lot of things that a lot of creators uh, experience and feel. As you were talking about that, I, I felt a lot of... I connected with it a lot. In fact, I was recently sharing with with our team internally that we've talked about Happy Happy House Plan on here quite a few times. And <laughs> I, you know, to be, you know, candid and, and honest and vulnerable here, this is something that my partner and I, Mandy, launched almost two years ago. And both of us were experiencing a lot of things like family stuff was going on. And basically we didn't get it finally launched and you know, until a year later once we had like created the idea and, you know, done a bunch of stuff. And in that time period, I was launching creator sessions and I, my husband was also like, we were just going through and navigating some like family things. And I have three children and, um, there was COVID and I got to this point where I was so burnt out trying to figure out how to launch creator sessions that essentially I felt that inefficacy. I felt like I wasn't contributing enough. And so I pulled back and now I essentially act as an advisor to Mandy, but I'm not a, um, a partner anymore the way that I was when we launched because I didn't have the emotional capacity and I just, or the time really to like contribute to the business the way that I felt like I did and that I needed to at that point, especially when we're in early launch phase. And I shared with the team like some some numbers from our Shopify site and it was like a dagger in the heart, right? Because it felt like I, I fled. It felt like I kind of panicked a little bit and I just needed to stick it out. And ultimately I decided, you know, that for me in my situation with my family life and what I was doing at ConvertKit that with creator sessions that I needed to take a step back because I could only be great at one of the things and also be a good parent. And so, but it all stemmed from, inefficacy. I mean, it was really a blend of the three of those, but it all really stemmed from that feeling of not being able to contribute enough. And so, you know, and here I am and I've learned a lot of lessons from it, you know, and I'm still very attached to it. And still, like I said, contribute a lot, but, um, not at the level that I needed to, to be a partner at that level. But I think what you did there was like, this is a perfect example of dealing with a burnout, right? is that you saw the problem. You're like, there is too many things on my plate. I cannot do all of these and do them well to a standard that I'm happy with. Something has to go. And you made the tough choice, which everyone as a creator has to make when we've all got so many ideas and so many projects and like irons in the fire and you just can't do it all. If you want to be successful at one thing, 
you have to like choose at the end of the day. And it's really hard to choose because they're all good ideas. And I, yeah, I think this is a great example of, of making that choice. Um, so thanks for sharing that, Haley, and thanks for being open about it. And, you know, I mean, Charlie's obviously happy because, you know, I make her look so good at work every day because she's my boss. No, I'm joking. <laughs> no, uh, I'm happy with my choice. I actually, Charlie said something to me the other day just to kind of close the loop on this, but she said, I don't know what you wrote it in base camp that, you know, I, ch- right now I'm choosing that creator sessions is my creative outlet. Like that's what I'm working on. That's my creative project. And I'm happy with that. Yep. And I think what we can turn this into is like advice for anyone suffering burnout is like, where are you overloaded? Where are you trying to do too much? And what do you really care the most about at the end of the day? Because if you try to keep doing everything, nothing's going to move forward. And so which ones do you care about the most that you really do want to move forward? And you have to make that tough choice to put one to the side. Ben messaged me. I wish, you know, I feel like you always want to bring Ben in. Yeah. He should be our fourth co-host. <laughs> I always do. I always do, you know, but he messaged me privately and gave me just like a lot of kudos for writing kind of what I had written in Basecamp and sharing my story on that. And I really appreciated that. But he talked about this in his podcast episode as well. And what he said was, is that he had, you know, after he clocked off with ConvertKit, he had like two to three things that he could get done. And so he really narrowed in on what those two to three things were. And for me, you know, those two to three things needed to be at the time, like my family, some version of self-care for me, you know, type Mm -hmm. of thing. And just turning my brain off or, you know, working out or whatever. And so that was, um, but yeah, Ben, Ben talked a lot about that in his episode as well. And I think that really applies to burnout. And then he was prioritizing the type of creative pursuit that he wanted to do, even if it meant walking away from something that was really good, um, and had a lot of potential. So thanks, Ben. I feel like I'm, I'm in this choice right now as well with that. The main thing that I'm working on outside of work is I'm writing a book. I'm writing a book about marketing design. And I have people in my email inbox almost every day or like Twitter DMs or whatever being like, do you offer mentorship sessions or coaching? You know, like if I wanted to shift track and take those on, it could be a really like fast way to like more income for me, fast way to be helping people. But I know that I can't do that as well as have put time into writing because it's like, it's a big project. And so I'm sort of like investing in this longer term thing, knowing that I'm saying no to all these good things that I could be doing right now, because this is the thing that I want to be doing in the future. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think it was Noah uh, a little bit ago, a few minutes ago, was talking about his experience with student teaching. And I can relate to that because I used to also be a teacher back in the day. And this is something that I got this advice as well from senior teachers was there's always, oh, I'll read it for our, our audio listener. So he's, Noah said, when I was student teaching, my cooperating teacher said it's important to have boundaries. There's always more you could do, he said, and that stuck with me. And that's true. I mean, there is always more than you can do, especially if teaching has that, has that part of the job where you bring your work home with you and create being a creative person and being in business for yourself means that there's not a lot of distance between you and your work. So you have to create that distance in your mind or sometimes physically, like there's a room in the house where I work or there's a time of the day where I work or whatever it is, but there's always more that you can do. And there's being respectful of your own time and your own mental resources is something that will ultimately result in better outcome because 
there's this false equivalency with doing more means it's better. And that's not necessarily true. Just because you're doing as much as you possibly can doesn't mean that what you're outputting is so good. Uh, it just means you're doing stuff all the time. And that's not sustainable for most people, if anyone. So that's super important to keep in um, keep mind of. Do less better. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, and one of the ways that you can kind of recover and prevent burnout from what I was reading about is they say they one of the things they suggest is to seek out connections. So finding coaches or mentors that can help you identify and, and activate positive relationships and learning opportunities, because there's a good chance that you're not the only one that's feeling this way and offer each, offering mutual support to someone that might be in the same boat as you and you identifying problems and brainstorming and advocating for solutions will increase your sense of control and your sense of connection with your audience. So that's something to think about too. Both of them uh, give me love to tease me because I always, apparently my face says that I want to say something. Uh, and oh, yeah. Miguel caught that <laughs> real quick that time. One other example that I wanted to share, just like kind of from my experience at ConvertKit, something that has been really hard for me and something that Charlie has really challenged me on so much so that it's actually an objective of mine, this six-week cycle. As a creative working on this project, Creator Sessions, I have a really hard time being really well organized and structured. You guys all know Issa. We all talk about Issa, right? Um, on our team, she's she's our stories writer. And Issa is the opposite. She's both creative, but the reason that she's also really intentional with being strategic about her like steps that go into creating a process that allow her to be creative. And without that first part, without those steps and processes in place, she won't have the capacity to be creative. And that's been a really big struggle for me because um, this quarter, so this quarter I'm focusing on basically building more processes around creator sessions. So then I can actually have the chance to change and further, we'll just say better creator sessions, you know, do, do things a little bit differently and, you know, give it more opportunity to change and adjust things that we're working on to make it this thing that we want it to become. But I haven't been able to do that because I'm stuck in the logistics and processes of things and things that just live in my head. So like documenting them and getting them down on paper and having checks and balances in place. And I think that that is not a sexy thing to talk about when we're talking about this, but it is so important that as creatives, you have built processes around the things that you have to do. So that way you have time to do the things that you want to do, because those things that you want to do are usually the creative, the creative output, right? Like changing creator sessions, right. Or trying and testing out new things and, you know, so on and so forth, or, you know, getting whatever, you know, all the things, but without those other like steps in place, I'll never be able to get to that point. Yeah. I think you free up resources, Yep. By creating these processes and these things. So like, instead of having to figure out every detail about everything from scratch every time, you get all that, like you said, non-sexy stuff out of the way and you set up a framework around that. And then you just sort of have free reign for everything else. And I feel like that is a much better environment for creativity because you're, you're kind of just like letting yourself loose after all that process stuff gets done, which I feel like is maybe what Charlie was going to say. Yeah. Well, I was going to say that this is what I believe is the key to creating sustainably with consistency, because we always talk about how consistency is so important as a creator. Like 
Unfortunately, that's how all these platforms work, right? You've got to feed the algorithm every single mm -hmm. week, month, whatever your schedule is, and you get rewarded for meeting that consistency. And so as a creator, you really do want to try and stick with that as much as possible. But like we already talked about, that's really hard because you might not be creative on that same schedule, right? You, you go through ebbs and flows of it. And so having a system in place that allows you to systematize and like automate even sometimes the more boring stuff that can take away your time and energy will let you best use your creative energy for the things that matter most. Um, and that's what I feel like my system for making my YouTube videos and like all my content really does is that it supports me when I'm not in the mood to do it. I felt like this year at the start of 2021 has been tough for me. I don't know. It's just like entering 2021 still in a pandemic. It's just like, it's been a lot. It's like yeah. hard to mentally deal with. And I haven't felt super inspired or creative when it comes to a lot of things, but because I have the system in place, I'm able to make use of the moments when I have. So like, there's been some weekends where I've filmed three YouTube videos and like, that's it. That's pretty much my content for a month sorted because <laughs> now I can send it to my editor and like, you know, do all these things. And I don't have to worry if I'm not feeling inspired in the coming weeks because I've capitalized on my energy when I was feeling inspired. I'm glad you brought that up because that's something I wanted to talk about as well, which is so like creative energy is often fueled by the need of an outlet of some kind. So considering how much, like you said, how uh, it's it's still COVID, it's, it's, it's still 2021 and we're not through this yet. And the end is kind of in sight, but not really, but who knows, but you know, th things might happen and then things get worse or better or whatever. So considering how emotionally taxing the last year has been, what are some of the ways that you have seen, or maybe you yourself have seen creators turn life in the pandemic into a way of working through the pandemic. So kind of like you take that energy and sort of channel it into something that helps you instead of kind of sucks the life out of you a little bit. That's how this podcast started, right? Was Barrett and Nathan channeling that anxiety into mm -hmm. something like they wanted to connect with the creator community. And so they started making this show that we then took over at the start of this year. Me personally, I definitely, in like April last year, a lot of pent up energy that I needed to fuel into something because of the pandemic. And for me, it was mostly needing to connect with people more, even though it was only April. And like, by then what? I hadn't seen people for like six weeks, big freaking deal, like, you know, <laughs> compared to what we've been through now, but I started feeling it. And that's when I started my show inside marketing design. I was like, okay, I'm going to like reach out to all these designers who work at other tech companies. And I'm going to ask if they want to get on a call and talk about how they do marketing design. And I started a podcast and like a video series from it. So I definitely channeled that need for connection into making content. I guess that's how my brain works as a creator. <laughs> Everything is content. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm really excited to see all the stuff that continues to come out during like from this, this last year, because every musician that I have spoken to during this pandemic has ultimately in some fashion talked about how the pandemic and being alone allowed them the opportunity to write, like really write and, and learn how to write more about how they're feeling rather than trying to write for like commercial music and the output and the results of that stuff actually created this music and art and content that connected people so deeply. Every single one of them, it's really interesting because I feel like I could list off, you know, like five or six different artists. A lot of them haven't been premiered, but a lot of them 
talked about just trying to navigate or learning how to sit in a room alone and write by themselves without co-writers, without being asked to go write, you know, and um, it's created some of the best work that they've put out in their careers. Yeah. When I was thinking about this, uh, my mind instantly went to our fellow convert kidder, Henry, um, who's had, so a, a quick little backstory. So Henry moved to New York City from Australia, right? Mm-hmm. Is that correct? He moved mm-hmm. there just before the pandemic. And then quickly, New York City became the epicenter of the pandemic in the US and I think in the world at, at some point as well, right? And things there were pretty crazy. I remember seeing videos of like Times Square with like almost nobody in it, which is insane. It just looks like a ghost town. And he began thinking like, oh, it was this like the worst time ever to have moved here. And um, it turned out, I mean, he's a filmmaker and he decided to turn that into making a documentary about life in New York City during the pandemic uh, as the epicenter of the world, you know? And he showed us like a, some rough edits of the stuff that he's done so far. And it's really, really great work. And this is just the rough edit that we've seen. So I can't even imagine what it's going to turn out to be. But he's gotten some amazing work done. And he really turned that sort of anxiety about being in the center of the storm to kind of being, you know, documenting it and letting us all kind of see that and have some really amazing posterity on a crazy, I guess, year now, year and counting. So, yeah, I mean, it's just stuff like that. I just, I can't imagine once, once the world opens up and, uh, everything is accessible to everyone again, uh, I just can't imagine how amazing the, you know, the art that's going to come out of this is going to be. I mean, historically times of trouble have always spewed amazing art and music. And so, yeah, I mean, that's the one of the silver linings of all this horribleness. So I'm excited for that. At least it's something to look forward to. Once life is back together again. <laughs> and I think there's been a lot of people over the past year, of course, who like have not felt that need to channel anxiety into creativity throughout this. There's been some people who have been completely like taken out by it and is feeling really flat right now as a creator. And I'm excited for when things go back, you know, life opens up again for those people as well to get their fuel back, you know to be putting stuff out there again. So I don't know. I just wanted to touch on that point too, because I I want to be realistic about this as well and know that not every creator is doing the best work right now. Some of the, some some of them are struggling and like I've done both, I feel like, in the past year as well. And something I want to call out too is um historically artists aren't what you would call the best paid people. Some really successful <laughs> ones, some really successful ones have private jets and mansions, sure. But the vast majority of artists, if they have notoriety, they get it after they've already died. You know, you've always always heard about the starving artist. And I also want to call out that, you know, some people just, the financial struggle and like the family bonds that we don't get to nurture and all that really takes a toll on people. And some people just haven't been able to be at their best. Um, so... You know, I just, I, I want to make sure that we call that out too. Like we're, we're lucky in that we've been able to, you know, kind of stay employed and keep doing creative things like this during the pandemic. But, you know, some people are just, you know, some people were waiters and they can't yeah. wait tables anymore. And, yeah. you know, that's how they did their art is they waited tables and then got to do their art on the side. And now they don't have that. So I worry about that. A lot of times art and 
in whatever fashion that it, it becomes is fueled by community. And mm. since the, you know, this pandemic obviously shut down community and engaging with people, a lot of art will absolutely suffer from that as well. So good, good call out, Miguel. But also there's the thing that this is all a shared experience that everyone in the world has has had to deal with in some level or another, you know? Mm-hmm. Like there, I don't think there's been a single country that's been completely unaffected by this. Everyone has had their life impacted in some way, even if it's just a small way um, or for a short time if you're in New Zealand. And <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say, except for maybe New Zealand. <laughs> no, but they still had their lockdown for a couple couple months, you know, where they couldn't get any takeaways or only could leave the house once a day. What's a takeaway? Is that like food? <laughs> takeaway, like-, deli- like delivery food, like takeout, I yeah, guess. Yeah, like takeout, I guess you call it in the US. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> Also, I just want to um, answer, I think it was Melanie asked where the they would be able to watch Henry's doc. It's not out yet, but if you follow him on Instagram, this is an Instagram handle, you will hear there first, I'm sure, when it's when mm-hmm. it's released. We had a fantastic, if you're from, like interested in Henry's work, uh, he obviously has a wonderful YouTube channel that shows he does a little mini series um, and it's, it's wonderful. So you can watch a bunch of his stuff, but we had a creator session all on Henry as well. Mm-hmm. So you can actually watch him talk about his process as a filmmaker. Uh, and then he breaks down one of his favorite films with a photographer. I forget his last name. Something. Yeah. Ben something. Uh, but he's a political photographer and it's a, it's a wonder. It's probably one of my favorite creator sessions episodes. So you can watch that as well. So go find that on the same channel that you're watching this video on. <laughs> yeah. There you go. <laughs> there you go. And for our listeners, the, his Instagram handle is Henry ZW at Henry ZW. Oh, yeah. My bad. Thanks for reading that out, Miguel. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, man. All right. Well, um, there's just one kind of closing thought that I wanted to kind of wrap all this up with is that I want everyone to know that I know burnout can often feel insurmountable or that's just very, it can be a very crushing feeling, especially for creativity. But um, the sense of being overwhelmed is a signal and not a long-term sentence. So- Mm. Don't ever feel like you're stuck in a rut and it's never going to go out. That just means that there's a problem and that uh, you just kind of need to work through it. And I would highly recommend that you find some resources that might help you kind of break you out of things because a conversation with a person or a book or an article might be all that you need to kind of get you to reframe your mind and sort of unlock that uh, room you're stuck in that you can't seem to get out of when you can't think about what to do to push beyond writer's block or creator's block, but also beyond the creator's block thing is just make sure you set up systems that are sustainable for you. If all else fails, reach out to a friend and they should be able to help you out. That's what's helped me in the past. So, well, that's a way to close a podcast. Lovely closing thoughts, Miguel. Yeah, that was beautiful. (laughs) Thank you, Miguel. Well, it was either that or the Haley method, which is, well, it's about that time. Uh, (laughs) Bye-bye everybody. You're never living that down. Sorry. Yeah. I know. know. I'm sorry. Oh, man. All right, friends. Well, it's been great. Lovely chatting with you. I look forward to doing this again next week, which should be a QA, right? So. Yeah. We'll do a QA next week. So come bring your questions. (laughs) Yeah. Bring your questions, everyone. We'll look forward to talking with you. See you then. See you then. Bye bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Future Belongs to Creators. If you enjoyed it, be sure to subscribe so that new episodes appear in your podcast feed every week. 
And while you're at it, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We'd love to hear what you think of the show. If you want to join us live for the next recording, you'll find us on ConvertKit's YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash ConvertKit every Wednesday at 1230 Eastern. This show, like everything we do at ConvertKit, is made for creators by creators. We're on a mission to help creators like you earn a living online, and we make software that helps you build and connect with an audience of loyal fans. ConvertKit is the best way to launch or grow your next creative project. So to start building your audience, go to convertkit.com slash free and create a free account. We're looking forward to helping you on your creator journey. Thank you.